Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to Two Loose Screws, where two loose screws, Jay and Cheyenne, are dismantling mental health stigma one episode at a time. Before we get started, I want everybody to know that all episodes of Two Loose Screws are for educational purpose only and are not to be a replacement for any therapeutic relationships or individual mental or medical care. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you? I am, I would say, eight and a half out of ten. That's a pretty high number. Yeah, it's pretty good. We're pretty good today. That's good. That's good. I'm feeling about, you know, I, th- I think I'm going to get mm, eight. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm there. It's good. Could be better. But good. But you did the spicy ride this morning. I, so. I did do a spicy ride. So you know what? Let's just give it a fucking 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about barriers in finding mental health professionals, um, licensed clinical social worker, therapists, medication management, and... A badass intern therapist? Correct. Correct. Ding, ding, (laughs) ding. (laughs) Um, But also, we are going to kind of break down a really cool resource um, that we think is great in being able to find a local therapist or provider. So take it away, madame. Yeah. Um, So I know that I... um... I would say probably like nine months ago now, I went on a quest to find my own individual therapist uh, for multiple reasons. And I, so I kind of went through this process on my own. And um, one of the things that feels really important and really necessary to start off by acknowledging is that I know that um, right now, especially Um, you know, coming right up to the two-year mark of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, mental health resources all over the country are stretched really thin. And um, one of the most frustrating parts of this process is absolutely how many responses you'll get back, if you even hear back at all, that say, we are currently full right now. Would you like to be on our wait list? It's, you know, six to nine months. Yeah. And that can be so discouraging and earth shattering, especially Mm -hmm. for individuals who are seeking immediate mental health help, especially because a lot of people will wait until everything has just, it's been too heavy for too long and Mm -hmm. there's just nothing else. Right. So breaking point. Right. And I mean, it's difficult, right, to be able to recognize that we do need help or yep. even the stigma behind seeking mental health yes. professionals and things like that. Um, so to add that, the weight, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of like you, I just started looking for my own 
therapist and I've been faced with that. I have not been reached back from a couple providers, but then the providers that I do have, everybody has said six months. And in Mm -hmm. my mind, I'm like, "Uh I don't know if I can deal with my anxiety for that long. Like, yeah, that's scary. It is scary. It's scary. And um, I really appreciated your use of the word discouraging earlier, because I think that um, I know that in my work in the private practice that I'm at, when I was wearing the admin hat for a while, um, a lot of people would respond to me. And I would get messages like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for getting back to me so quickly. Most people haven't even returned my call. Um, And when I would tell them, you know, because we were fortunate enough to have multiple new um, therapists that did have openings. Some people were just like, oh my gosh, like I've been looking for months. Like this is such a blessing to me to find somebody who can finally, you know, get me in. And they would tell me about how many times they had been told, no, we're full. We're not taking on new clients right now. If, you know, they even heard back and just, you know, how discouraging that really was for them. And so um, I just feel like it's important for us to acknowledge that frustration and, you know, say that we hear it and we also experience it ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that really brings out to a response from one of our listeners um, that we had last week. um, Mm -hmm. And she said, with the wait times, Sometimes it's the pressure to go to the first open therapist, even if they're not in your preferred traits. Um, And that, that is huge in the worst ways, right? Because if you feel obligated to sign up or make an appointment with the first person or therapist that you have, and that person is not the right fit for you, that can be so damaging, mm-hmm. add to stigma, and just mm-hmm. make your experience overall just adding to the frustration that you already had, adding yeah. to it because you didn't find the right fit for you. Yeah. Again, that word discouraging comes up, um, especially with the combination of the wait times, mm-hmm. you know, um, I finally found somebody who has room for me and I've met with them, you know, two, three times and we're just not connecting. That can be so frustrating. Frustrating and like just hinders your process because you're not Mm going to want to be honest with that person. right? Right. And, you know, and we've talked about it before. We have very similar approaches to, and with one client and we would do two completely different things yeah exactly exactly um and I think that just brings to mind for me um that I think all you can do is try not to get discouraged and understand the fact that um it's okay if somebody's not the right fit for you that doesn't mean therapy is not the right fit for you it just means that therapist and their personality or their modality or 
whatever, you know, their approach to the counseling relationship might not be the best fit for you. Um, and that's okay. And that's normal. And, um, just kind of feeling empowered, um, to know what is a right, you know, a good right fit for you Mm -hmm. and feeling okay with the fact that sometimes the first person you go to just isn't that person. Um, and you know, something that, yeah, go ahead. You provide the little dating is a real breakdown of it because it really is right. Like finding the right fit is basically it's, it it models real life relationships and yes, it is just that. So can you do that for us, please? Yeah. Um, No, we always, you and I talk on our own about how um, finding a therapist is literally like dating and the process of dating and how, um, you know, just because you go on a first date with, you know, somebody and they're not the right fit for you. And, you know, maybe they're annoying or it's awkward or boring, or you have nothing in common and you just can't wait, you know, until you can come up with an excuse to have to go home. Right. That doesn't mean that you're never, ever going to find a person ever. And you're going to have to be, you know, single for the rest of your life and you'll never find a connection. Right. You just take that scenario and you say, okay, well, obviously, you know, so-and-so is not the person for me. So let's keep looking and, you know, try again. And you can also take from that example and that experience um, information about what doesn't work for you, right? Right, Um, right? Maybe you've learned from this experience that, you know, you need to find a person who has the same hobbies as you. And now, when you move forward and you try to find a new person, you're, you know, you're looking for that. And it's the same when you go through the therapy process. Um, You know, you want to take what you learned from the experience that you had and apply it to finding somebody new. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, when you are building that relationship, that therapeutic alliance, um, something that I do, and I know that you do yourself is kind of ask, clients if you have been in counseling before what has worked and what has not yeah and being honest with that because I know for a fact I really take that into consideration and to make sure I'm the right fit and to make sure I don't make the same mistakes as another person right exactly I do the same thing I always ask um what did you like about your previous experiences in therapy and what didn't work for you in your previous experiences in therapy. And, um, you know, then to the best of my ability, I try to avoid doing those things. Um, I had a client at one point who was like, I hate homework. I hate worksheets. I don't read. And I was like, okay, (laughs) no homework, no worksheets, no reading. And, you know, we just adjust and move forward. Um, And not only does the client being willing to communicate that make therapy more productive. It also provides a really great opportunity for you to build trust with your therapist Mm -hmm. and respect, right? When my client tells me, I don't like reading, I don't like worksheets, I don't like homework. And then I move forward and take that into consideration 
right? They're going to feel heard. They're going to feel seen. They're going to feel respected. They're going to feel validated in our relationship. Exactly. Being honest. Yeah. Being honest and straightforward with your therapist from the beginning, even if they don't ask you that question, just saying, Hey, you know, I just wanted to tell you in my previous experience, like I really didn't like this and, you know, see what they said. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, that's a, that's a different way that you can find out if this person is the right fit for you. Right. Cause mm-hmm. if you turn around and started giving that client homework and worksheets, right. You would not have listened. You would have not taken into consideration their needs and yeah. you're probably not their right therapist. And something mm-hmm. that comes to mind is for myself, I definitely like to look at the client from a holistic point of view. And I like to make sure I understand their interpersonal relationships. What is their relationship with their family? What was it like growing up for them? And some people might not think that that's important. However, for me as a therapist, I find that extremely important because I am able to look at patterns of conflict resolution or patterns of connection and disconnection in relationships and things like that. So if someone came to me and they said, I don't want to talk about my past, I'd be like, Ooh, I'm not, I might not be the right fit for you. However, Sally next door to me might, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about figuring out what works for you and taking that information and using it to kind of create some check boxes for you to check off while you start searching for a better fit. Right. So with that being said, I would like to kind of roll into um, psychology today and that resource and how easy it can be to be able to find um, a local therapist. So um, I will make a, um, Instagram post on this cause I'm not going to pretend like I know how to add it to the comments of the podcast. Um, I'm just not there yet. And that is fine. You know, I understand my limitations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so psychology today, it's really great. So you go on there and, um, the, the main page on the website will have a little search engine. And you can either put your uh, town zip code, city, or name. Um, So for me, for Virginia, um, I can put in. And also in the search engine, you can put if you are looking for individual counseling, uh, group counseling. And um, there's also filters, which um, kind of let you break it down into, let's say you specifically want a male therapist, or let's say you specifically are looking for someone who uh, treats a specific mental health disorder, anxiety, depression, what may have you, um, relationship issues, um, religion-based counseling, um, age is really important also. Um, Am I missing something? No. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think that one of the, I think one of the questions, which if I remember right, Jay actually came from your mom was about language too in therapy. 
Yes, 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 yes. So, hi, mom. Sorry, to, I forgot your question. So, one <laughs> of the barriers that she uh, said, or I guess something that was really important when she's looking for someone, is that it's really difficult for her to be able to find um, a counselor who speaks Spanish, and mm. how important that is for her to be able to feel as comfortable as she could in the session. Right. right. Um, so on there as well in the um, the filters, you can break down if you're looking for a specific language. Um, mm -hmm. So you feel the most comfortable. But what I also like about psychology today is once you do your search for your city and your area, um, there's a couple of things. One. Um, a lot of providers will have a video, which I think is a really fun tool because then you can kind of get the vibe of that person and that individual. Mm -hmm. um, also on there, it will also tell you if they are seeing clients or not. And at the bottom of the person's profile, it will break down the types of insurance that they accept. And it will also let you know what self-pay costs would be if they do not take your insurance or are just strictly self-pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And those are all super important uh, pieces of information and super useful. And um, one of the things that comes to my mind um, in regard to cost is if you are somebody who doesn't have insurance, mm -hmm. um, a really great thing to look for when you're searching is to specifically look for um, a conditionally licensed or um, an interim because oftentimes um, their services might be offered at a much cheaper rate than a fully licensed um, clinicians would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Jay, but I know for myself that um, in my schedule, I'm able to provide a certain number of um, slots that are at a significant sliding scale. Um, and that's because of the fact that I'm not fully licensed yet. I am an intern. Um, and that's, to me, like, I think that's one of the coolest things about being an intern is that I do get the opportunity to provide services um, at a much more affordable rate for individuals who might not otherwise be able to access them because of the economic barriers. Yeah. Um, so that's something to look for if you are um, somebody who doesn't have insurance and is concerned about the affordability of therapy, um, you can specifically search for an intern. Yeah, that and also going back to the filters of the search engine under, um, it'll also have price range that you are able to afford and it has it broken down into sliding scales, um, more than $130 an hour, 90 to 130, less than 90. Mm -hmm. um, so that is really important also. Um, another thing that I do want to mention is that along with the little videos that some of the profiles do have, um, some of the providers will have uh, 15 minute free consultations. And mm -hmm. that way you can speak to the provider directly and kind of 
voice your needs, concerns, and why you are seeking counseling, but also receive feedback on like, you know, what was that phone call like for you? Do you think that this is someone that you would want to follow through? It's kind of like a pre-screening for your therapist. It's like when you go on a test drive with your car at the dealership. That's a really good good job. (laughs) (laughs) When you go on a test drive and you get to like feel it out and like see if, you know, like you feel comfortable and you sit like, I know when I test drive a car, um, I always like sit in the passenger seat and let somebody else drive and see how that feels. And I go in the back seat and see how that feels. And, um, you know, so it's kind of like a test drive. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think it's really important to point out that, um, obviously a lot of these providers will have their um, modalities listed out like CBT, DBT, motivational interviewing, positive psychology, uh, strength-based, EMDR, you know, and it's easy to get caught up on the acronym and the modalities and things like that. However, keeping in mind that just because a therapist does CBT and your previous therapist did CBT does not mean that they their approach is going to be the same. Kind of like going back to what I was saying, you can put Cheyenne and I in the same room right next to each other with the same client. And we both like DBT. So using that, we would probably do two completely different things with that client. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. Um, and I think to that point for myself, Um, when I was going through the process of looking for a therapist, um, I feel like probably Jay, you and I have like a little bit more information than the average person about like what all those acronyms and modalities are just because we've literally had to take classes where we learn all of them, you know, individually, but, um, most people don't, you know, they're not going to take a theories of counseling class and they're not going to know, you know, what those things are. And it takes a lot of time and commitment to like Google each one and like try to understand it and, you know, figure out what would feel right and feel good for you. Um, So I think that when I was going through the process of looking for a therapist, one of the things that I tried to focus on was more the bio that they wrote about themselves, or, you know, if there is a video available, what they say about themselves in the video, and really trying to get a feel for their personality. And, um, you know, what's the the vibe that you get from their tone and their writing, you know, um, one of the things that's really important to me when I was looking for a therapist is I wanted somebody that has a sense of humor and was willing to bring that into the therapy sessions because um, one of the ways that I process my trauma is by making a joke about it. And like, I needed to make sure I found somebody that wasn't going to be like, why are you laughing about this? (laughs) Like, what is going on here? So, um, you know, I was looking for somebody who's you know, writing or their bio gave me this like feeling of like, yeah, okay, this person's gonna, they, they're gonna, you know, joke around with me and, you know, get my sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and another thought I had too is, um, even if somebody doesn't offer the 15 minute consultation or the test drive, um, if you will, you can always ask for it. 
um, if you do decide based on somebody's bio that you think they might be a good fit when you, you know, email or call them and you reach out, you can request a consultation. Um, I know that I'm not sure if my practice um, offers the consultation on our psychology today profiles or on our website. But anytime somebody ever requests one, we always agree to it. Um, so even if it's not listed, it's definitely something you can advocate for for yourself. And I would hope that, um, you know, hopefully the person would be fine with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, so once you pick your magical person or provider that you want, would like to reach out to, what are some things that you would advise people to type up in their email? Yeah. Um, so I know, again, I kind of had this cool experience where I got to wear the admin hat at a private practice for a little while. So I have a little bit of experience, um, knowing what from the admin end is helpful to be put in an email. And um, for, for me, when I was working in that position, the more information people were comfortable with providing me was always better. So um, in that email, what I would be looking for, especially because when you do reach out, I would say, a good chunk of time, you're not going to get the person whose profile you're responding to, you're going to get an admin. Um, because a lot of times these people work for a private practice or an organization where somebody manages their schedule. So mm -hmm. um, being very specific about what you're looking for and what you need, what you need is really helpful to that admin person. Um, so with that being said, what I was always looking for was, um, you know, if there was a preference for the person that you'd like to work with, and you're able to put that name in your email, you know, hi, I'm interested in signing up for individual therapy with Joe Schmo. Um, that's helpful. Um, being specific about what kind of therapy you're looking for, individual group therapy, couples counseling is really helpful. Um, if you have a specific insurance provider that you would like to be using for your sessions, stating that is helpful. So, you know, I have Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or I have um, TRICARE, or I have Cigna, whatever, you know, that might be, that's really useful. Um, another thing that is really helpful is if you have time restrictions on your schedule, Stating those in the email is really useful. Um, for example, if you work a nine to five job and you don't have time from nine to five to do therapy, that's going to limit your options. So saying, you know, I need an evening or weekend appointment is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, telehealth. Yes. Um, specifying if you want telehealth versus in-person therapy, very helpful. Um, and another thought I have too, is if you are reaching out for, um, a minor, um, it's really helpful if you provide that person's age, um, just because not everybody works with kids. Not everybody works with teens. Some people work with only kids and no teens. Some mm -hmm. people work with only teens and no kids. 
So it's helpful if you could say, rather than I'm looking for therapy for my child, something like I'm looking for therapy for my 16 year old child, or my, you know, four year old child. Um, That's really helpful as well. Um, And then anything, anything that you feel comfortable sharing about what your needs are, is always useful. Um, I know that it's not always super comfortable to send an email being like, here's all my trauma that's been pent up for 35 years. Find me someone who can help. Thanks. Like, that's not, (laughs) right? THF, thanks. Um, That's not always going to feel acceptable. But if you do have a really specific need and you do feel comfortable stating that specific need, Um, that would be really helpful. For example, um, I'm looking for individual therapy to do trauma work, right? That's not super specific about what your trauma is, but it does let the person know, you know, at least a category of what you'd like to be targeting. Or, you know, I would like to go to therapy for substance use, you know, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. That was great. I hope everybody likes those tips because I do. I do. (laughs) Um, So lastly, um, on our list, how the hell do you break up with your therapist without ghosting them? No one likes being ghosted, right? Not even in the dating world. That's just rude. So (laughs) finding an appropriate way to break up with your therapist. Like we said, we all understand that we might not be someone's cup of tea um, or it's, it's just not working out and it's fine. Um, So I think a good way to do it is being upfront and honest. Um, And nine times out of 10, if your therapist is a good therapist, they'll be able to pick up on your cues um, in the session, right? Because a lot of times, and this has actually happened to me twice, where I was just not the right fit. And I could tell. And it's just like, um, I think we need to talk about this. Um, But I'm a lot more direct, right? Um, So I think, too, for being honest and kind of talking it out in the session, like, hey, maybe there's something we can change. And if not, like, is there a different provider? Or perhaps... Um, writing it in an email and saying, hey, I've been putting it to some thought. I think at this time, I would like to seek a different provider and go ahead and cancel my next appointment. However, thank you so much for all your help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, like you said, nobody likes being ghosted. Nobody feels good. I mean, I don't know about you. Jay, but I like, I genuinely, I don't want to say worry, but like, I'm conscious about when my clients don't come to their sessions. And I do wonder, like, I hope they're okay. You know, I hope something didn't happen to them. And um, so it's always nice and appreciated from, from my perspective as a therapist, when somebody is willing to at least, you know, send me an email saying, hey, you know, thank you for your time. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm looking for something else right now, but you know, I appreciate, you know, the sessions that we did have, I'd like to cancel. 
um, you know, from now on is yeah. really, it's appreciated. And um, I think it's important to acknowledge that first, like, I think that will be easier for some people than for others. Like I know absolutely for myself, I have a hard time with the concept of like confrontation. So to me, that would feel super awkward and super uncomfy to have to look at somebody and say something that I might worry they would take personally. And so I think that, you know, again, it's important to acknowledge that from my perspective, a good therapist should understand that they're not going to be the right fit for everybody and they Mm -hmm. shouldn't take it personally. They shouldn't take it personally if they're not the right fit for you. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But also acknowledging that maybe having an in-person conversation or a phone conversation isn't something you can do and that's okay but Mm -hmm. sending an email might feel more doable and that's fine yeah absolutely absolutely I think you made a a good point like you know some people might not feel comfortable advocating for themselves and things like that or being assertive and that is really difficult right especially if you're looking at the person and just like oh I wonder if they're upset or hurt or judging me, whatever, whatever, maybe. So I think the option of the email or a text message or whatever it is, like if you can reach out in the portal of some sort. Absolutely. Um, all right. So in wrapping up, we did, um, a couple of questions. Um, someone, um, asked about a good book recommendation, Um, I'm thinking of, um, the, so I really like inner child work and things like that. Um, so homecoming and I will put, I will put this, um, also in the Instagram post that I put. Um, so homecoming by John Bradshaw is a really good book that breaks down what inner child work really is. And then um, another one that we both like is the internal family systems. Mm -hmm. Um, Who is that one by? I'm trying to think. Oh, geez. His name is like right on the tip of my tongue. William Uh. something. I'll put it on the Instagram. I just, uh, Richard, Richard Schwartz. Yes. Good job. Do you have it in front of you? No, I Googled it. I, oh. I remembered Richard, but I couldn't <laughs> remember the last name. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I so think- those, those are really good books. Um, I will make an Instagram post with, um, psychology today things like that kind of little examples um but I think the most important question that we had submitted is how to find a therapist as juicy as Jay yeah that's honestly a great question um I think that you I think that you have I think you have to get lucky I think that you have to send out emails to everybody and say, are you juicy? (laughs) And um, 
or maybe set up a consult set up a consult and say hi um are you juicy and if they say no then you hang up or you Um, say hi do you work out in the morning to really inappropriate music and then get dressed up and sit at your office and pretend like you didn't do that <laughs> yeah do you have a disco ball anywhere in your house yes or no oh um, yeah that's like a screening <laughs> question but yes that was my question that I submitted to the two loose screws Instagram story which if you don't follow us you're absolutely not juicy but you're you not could juicy be and you're not if having you followed <laughs> If you followed us, you would be juicy. Yes. Um, yes. And oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say on that note, I know that we really enjoyed um, seeing everybody's Coffee Wednesday yes. posts that they tagged us in on Instagram. Or if they don't have Instagram, texted to us and showed us um, their Coffee Wednesday or Coffee Friday or whatever day. Yes, um, yes, we Coffee loved Friday. It. Shannon did Coffee Friday. Um, yeah, so we love it. We love to see it. Thank you guys so much yes. for keep tagging us. Yes, absolutely. Um, keep tagging us. If and it can be anything. Like if you want to tag us in your creative mode of self care, uh, we love to see it. Um, I know that besides Coffee Wednesday, my most creative mode of self care is. I indulge in uh, The Bachelor, which is my uh, only allowance of of trash television that I permit myself. And um, it's where I focus on somebody else's drama instead of my own. (laughs) And um, it was my my one, like, bridezilla demand when I got married um, this past fall was that all of my bridesmaids had to watch The Bachelor with me through my whole engagement, which was like a year and a couple months. So they had to watch a year's worth of Bachelor and they had to discuss it with me because nobody else watched it and I needed to talk about it. Um, And my absolutely incredible maid of honor, shout out to Morgan, my bestest love of my life. Um, She's the only one who stuck with it through and through and she still watches it with me. So every Wednesday, we get together and we watch The Bachelor together. And um, we have like a whole theory of who's going to win and who is the best player in the game. And so it's just, it's my, it's my creative mode of self-care. So if anybody else has any um, unconventional modes of self-care, Please tag us in them. We'd love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I love to say hi, Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a gem. Yeah. Um, She's she's great. She's great. We love her. Maybe, maybe someday the two loose screws Instagram story will be graced with um, Jay's most creative mode of self-care with her um, in between workout gym dance sessions. Mm. I'll think about it. I just don't, you know, like, you know, I can't, I can't put myself out there like that. You know what? The world should see. Let the people see. The people want it. <laughs> Do the people want to see the real Juicy J? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. That'll that's be our next funny. question. And it will say, <laughs> if you know, you know, and if you don't know, go listen to our episode and then you'll know. Good marketing. Good marketing. <laughs> I love to see it. 
Well, as always, it was a pleasure speaking to you. I hope Absolutely. you have. I hope at some point today you get from an 8.5 to a 10. I'm, I'm really rooting for you. I'm already at a 10 because my mom, while we were recording, texted me a picture of my dining room table with a shamrock shake on it that she must have delivered to me. So I'm already Aww. a 10. She's so cute. Okay. Well, okay. Till next time. Till next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.